Pigeons 420. Mr. Grow It. And Rob from Cannabis Lifestyle TV. From the Stash Podcast. From the Stash Podcast, we are back. What's up, man? What's back going on, gentlemen? Good to see you, boys. Happy oh, yeah. Thursday. It's Thursday happy. when we record this, by the way. Happy Thursday, know. happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday, whatever happy. day we're dropping it. Happy day. Happy day of the week. Happy days, happy days. <laughs> Another yeah, beautiful Thursday. Good you guys know beautiful. the sun is out. It's starting to get a little bit warmer. feeling a little bit better. I know about with you. I know fucking you're good every every day, Chris. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, I saw that. It's smirk. like 60s. Like, mm. I think it hit the 70s today. It's like, uh, it's, wow. like it's fantastic it's... here, actually. Faces <laughs> <laughs> are like, we're just getting back to life. Just freezing. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah, no, it's been absolutely gorgeous now. That polar vortex thing that froze Texas is gone. And we are coming into the uh, the zeros. I woke up yesterday morning to minus one degree Canadian. So that was uh, that's a blessing, Jeez. man. We, we the fa- it's kind of like a, a National Geographic episode of like watching the bears come out of the den, you know? Because it's the same thing with the with families here in like my own town, you know? It's like the warmer things get, families start coming out, people start walking their dogs <laughs> again. It's just like, oh my god, there's humans out there, <laughs> like people. Hello, yeah. hello. hello. Yeah. So yeah, it's great to see you guys. It's great to see you guys. Absolutely, man. What are we talking about today? We're talking about training. Training for gains, man. Mm. Plant training. That's been something people have been requesting. I've actually just been doing last night. I had some babies that I transplanted, and I had some that I was uh, just training like a motherfucker. So they're trying to get them gains, man, trying to swell them up. Now, some people have different methods of going about it. Some people have their tried and true ways. Some people will do different ones depending on the cultivar. That's myself. I definitely change it up. Now, in particular, I feel like training is mandatory. Some people don't look at certain things like they're training. They think it's just stop my plant it's like that, that's training bro you're training or they're like oh, i'm just doing a little bending it's training bro it's training or even slight defoli yeah that's training that's okay? training bro Choo-choo. so how people go about training is is really uh it varies and it's all based on you know circumstantial things of course but i think it's a good discussion today because we live in different areas we grow different cultivars and you know let's get to it boys love it love it training is a must chris you do much training yeah, I do. I wouldn't say training is a must. I mean, you can grow the plant naturally, right? Don't touch it at all. It grows up, grows its typical Christmas tree style. Um, you know, I've done that in the past. Pigeon's got the thumbs Ooh. down on that one. <laughs> um, you know, so if you're a beginner, you're just starting out, you don't have to do training. It can seem overwhelming. You know, you're not really sure what way to bend the plant down, where to top, things like that, how to super crop. You're afraid of damaging too much. You don't have to do any of that. Um, you could just let the plant grow naturally, right? But for those that do train, uh, you can get rewarded pretty heavily, um, you know, with uh, larger yields, uh, more even bud structure across the plant, uh, so on and so forth. There are, there are benefits. Um, reduce the height of the plant, right? So in case you, if you have height restrictions, that's another reason to train. So there's definitely so many reasons why uh, it's beneficial to train. Now, I me, mean, I do, a, like Rob touched on briefly, is, a variety of things depending on the cultivar, right? So for um, longer, stretchier strains, maybe it's like an OG strain, for example, that's longer internodes, um, it's in its genetics, I might top the plant um, so that way the branches kind of shoot out more on, on the sides and, and keeps that height low. 
uh, while I have other plants in the tent which may not be growing as fast. So it's really dependent on how the plants in my tent all grow kind of together in a sense to whether I top or just pull the branches down for low stress training and so on and so forth. Good point. Yeah, good point. The two reasons, either you want to increase yield or you need to man, manage your environment. That would be the two reasons I'd be training my plants. Um, and then again, of course, control. I like to have control over my environment, which means, you know, a heavy default uh, when it comes, well, not necessarily a default, more of like a lollipop, um, exp, you know, to take the lower, in my in my opinions, you, you play the two-thirds game. I like to remove the bottom two-thirds of the plant and really just keep the top third, the, the colas, the fat, the fat buds, if you will. Um, but if you don't have much for space, you know, you, you got to keep it low. You got to keep it, you know, narrow training. Training is definitely important. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of training. Um, I remember the very first time I topped my, one of my plants was my very first plant that I successfully grew from beginning to harvest. And Oh, the paranoia, the anxiety that I had that just struck when my buddy was like, yeah, you just chop the top off. I was like, <laughs> did I chop it? And he's like, yeah, you, you just chop it. I was like, do I, do I clone it? He's like, you can. I was like, oh, so I did. And it was incredible to see just how fast that growth was created from underneath and how much it sprouted up. And then compare that today where I don't do any topping. I just do main, I, I, I just maintain a good low canopy with a lot of bending and tying and yeah, everyday training, but yeah, training. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of a lot where I've, I've switched gears to mainly for the cultivars I have, you know, I've done a little bit less of the, uh, the lollipopping. I still do defoliation, but you know, oftentimes earlier on, if I've got a real bushy, just gangly looking cultivar, I'll do some work. Then I've got this, uh, 11 roses that. She's so leafy. It's just ridiculous. I mean, she's great smoke. It's the only reason she sticks around. But her her growth is a little bit more like low and squatty earlier on until I strip away a lot of those leaves. I don't have to do that with a headbanger. I don't have to do that with Wi-Fi. I don't have to do that with any of the other cultivars I have. But that one in particular, I got to do a lot of default early on. So I'll usually do that, and then I'll go right into low-stress training. I used to do a lot more topping, but I see quicker overall veg times, like, quicker turnaround times overall with low stress training because I don't have that recovery. So sometimes depending on the cultivar, I will top. I just did topping with, um, was it, they call it Scooby-Doo. It's ghost OG crossed with 40D from people under the stairs genetics. Shout out to Seco uh, stash box for that one. And I think that one probably could have been low stress train too, but I just, I didn't know how it was going to grow. It was kind of tall and lanky. I was like, ah, I didn't hit it quick enough with the low stress train. So I topped it. It's kind of a thing where you need to let the plant grow once or twice before you really know exactly what works for each cultivar. Because again, this one right here, the topping wasn't as advantageous as were when I first got Wi-Fi. I did topping there. It blew up, but it took a lot longer for that veg time. So for me, I'm trying to smoke. So yeah, I want to get more per harvest, but I want to have more harvest per year. So switching gears to low stress training now, I'm able to get damn near as many tops in a shorter amount of time. And it is a little bit more stressful even in your own mind, not on the plant, in your own mind. And I, I do think that low stress training is borderline high stress technique because of the fact of how dramatic of the moving and bending, especially if you do any super cropping with it. I usually will super crop with the low stress training. So I'll pinch and I'll kind of bend, kind of pop the apical dominance, or not the apical dominance, that's in the top area. Um, apical meristem. Apical meristem. There you go. And in the ballpark. And uh, <laughs> they, were, they were close. I was throwing words too, yeah, bro. Was, you know, I had big words. Now, this is uh, what? L number three before we even got started. <laughs> I smoke, boys. 
That's why I got to have those quick harvests. So yeah, right. the, the low stress training in the super cropping where I, I do the bending and the pinching, I'm able to get that weaved around and get a nice canopy on each plant, usually a little quicker on. As we're with the headbanger, that one now I'm still, you know, this is the maybe 10th time growing it, and I'm still figuring out exactly how she likes to grow because low stress training on her doesn't really help too much. The super cropping helps because she's more of a sativa, lankier grower. She gets tall really fast, but I think it just, there's not enough tops for me. It doesn't produce exactly like I'd like. I'm willing to, to stretch that veg out a little bit more to stop that stretch that I'm getting from the plant. So learning how that cultivar grows and what works in your environment and in your techniques is huge because the super crop and low stress train isn't just the general rule of thumb in my garden. It just depends on what I'm growing at the time and how they react one or two times growing. Because if I can increase that yield a little bit more without increasing my time, I'm oftentimes going to aim towards that. I don't know about you guys. Do you sacrifice some time for training? Would you would you take more veg time out of the grow like quite a bit or like is there a fine line for you guys? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're topping the plant, you're slowing down the growth a little bit, right? So doing that versus low stress training, so you are kind of sacrificing, like you said, uh, a little bit more veg time, right, for that plant to recover and then start to grow. Absolutely, I'll do it, no problem, because. Uh, you know, recently I, I like to let the plant grow up to like its fifth node, for example, and then I'll, you know, sometimes I'll top at the fifth node and then uh, those lower branches will, will, will start to grow out and I'll just low stress train. And in some plants, I just do that. I do that one topping and then just low stress train for the rest of the time. And that's all I need to do. Other times, maybe I'll top at the fourth node and let the branches grow out. Um, I do like topping at the fifth node versus the fourth node um, just because you got more branches that kind of come out, um, in my opinion. Now, sometimes if I have a real stretchy strain, once it reaches its fifth node, I'll top down to the third node. And then, um, you know, those side branches will, will start to come out. And I've also done things where those branches I've topped uh, at the second node, right? So you, you're, you're going from, um, let's say it would be one, it would be four um, main colas, let's call them. Uh, and then you're topping again. So now you're doing eight main colas. I've let those branches grow up, top them again, 16 main colas. I've done as much as 32 main colas just from continuing to top the tops. <laughs> I guess you want to call it that. Um, but there, there are so many different ways to, to go about it. And like you said, it, it depends on the cultivar. Um, now, when it comes to autoflowers, I treat things a little bit differently. I've topped autoflowers in the past um, just for experimental purposes. <gasps> I feel you like... You can train I, autos? <laughs> I feel like it's... it's it, <laughs> Any stunt and growth in the vegetation stage with autos, I feel is going to impact yield no matter what. So if you're topping the plant, you're slowing down the growth for the recovery. Um, it, some could argue that it's, it's beneficial because you're going to be getting more tops, right? But I personally prefer to low stress train instead autos only. So bending that, uh, bending that main branch down and letting the side branches allowed to shoot up. From there, I will do um, you know some super cropping to maintain an even canopy. That's a technique I use to maintain an even canopy. Um, and then if we want to talk about defoliation and lollipopping as if those are training techniques, some would, yeah. I think, consider those pruning techniques. Which um, I would still consider yeah. a training But technique. we can wrap all that into this conversation sure, I think here. Sure. Absolutely. So, That's uh, my I technique right there. I like defoliation for autoflowers, um, and then I do lollipopping for autoflowers as well. Um, I honestly think any way you're manipulating that plant outside of its typical Christmas tree, and that include if you if you're taking anything off of it, you're manipulating it. You're manipulating it. You're applying man's great hand 
to its growth. And I think you're training it. I think you're you're doing something, and and it maybe training is the wrong word. I think manipulating is a better I like word. Manipulating, yeah. uh, but you're you're, you're having like an impact. But you know what I mean. I like manipulating them. <laughs> <laughs> the old how do you do? Um, I, <laughs> I, uh, I I I'm a huge proponent of lollipopping default because I feel as if you know um, if you're training for yield or whether you're minimizing for bugs. Uh, you you need a good healthy canopy, and a healthy canopy includes good airflow underneath and within, and that includes lollipopping for me, you know, and 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 default. Um, I I believe that the more hands on you give your plant, the more beneficial it's going to be. That doesn't mean the bigger the plant's going to be. I mean the more hands on. I do believe in manipulating the stems between your fingers from from the main stalk all the way up to the tops i don't believe heavy harvests are solely relied upon on how many tops you have because i've seen so many plants that have a lot of tops but they're supported with just pixie sticks of of stems right and 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 they're they're you know they don't make it out i you want big healthy stems now i don't know the science behind it but you're breaking that Buttercup Patola and I, what'd you call it? <laughs> yeah, that, you guys understand what I'm talking about. You guys know what it is. You're going to break that, right? And yeah. you're going to, you're going to, I like to break it all the way up. <laughs> it's hard to, <laughs> I like to break it all the way up from beginning to end. Uh, that way you're like, it's, it's going to get a little more robust and then therefore it's going to send more nutrients through that stem up to your bud. So, uh, topping alone isn't it, but I do believe getting your hands on, manipulating those stems, bending them, twisting them, getting them, getting them thick, getting those girls big, giving them the old how do you, how do you do? Yeah, I think it. it's a variety of things. You know, some people just say they do one thing, but then they don't look at the fact that, again, defoliation, in my opinion, and obviously a couple of our opinions, is manipulation. I think again, anything you're doing to try to change the way the plant grows, it's it's training it to act in a certain way. So. Uh, with that being said, some people will do early on defoliation like I do. Some do late. I do it kind of periodically, depending on if I can tuck those leaves, I'll tuck those leaves. If I can't, if they're covering up a bud site, then they're gone. I'm just going to, I mean, even if it's a big one, I don't care. It's it's going to be gone. If I can't tuck it, it's, it's I got to remove it. And it depends on those bud sites. That's where it comes down to if I'm low stress training or if I'm topping or fimming and I'm letting it grow up taller. Because in that case, I'm having that canopy that, you know, even with the light penetration, regardless, if I've got a very solid, even canopy, that bottom area is going to be larfy nothing but so i'd rather not have that i'd focus on the top so all these different kind of things for me the bending the the super cropping the defoliation they simultaneously work together i don't ever just do one on one plant even if i do different cultivars to get treated different ways they all still still get multiple different kinds of training techniques and i think uh defoliation in particular the lollipopping argument versus regular defoliation i i don't think that one is better than the other i think that depending circumstantial if you're not low stress training it then lollipop remove almost all that have your ladies naked on the bottom but if you're going to be low stress training it a lot of that bottom area that was covered up is going to go like this so you'd had an area that was just a big bud you bend it down and it's doom 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 so all these areas look almost like uh like apples with just one little stem on the bottom that a bud comes off of and i've literally increased yields i mean ballpark in my mind probably like two three ounces because these are plants before that had one nice big top cola and then the bottoms were nothing and then i've done topping where again you know just like you said b 
sometimes those if you don't do the super cropping or some of the work to get the hardier stalks on there you're just going to have a variety of small buds that you can call tops or colas but they're not colas compared to like two gigantic thick ones that probably yield more and way more and are easier to trim so the cultivar depending is huge i think that's where if you don't know what you're going with don't just listen to this video and be like all right i'm going to do this 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 at this time try it out see what works do some research because you know between all of us we do like the same stuff when we do it how we do it that varies but then when you flip it into flower you know some people are very adamant on you don't touch it you leave it alone you don't do anything to the plant i don't do my scrogging i do when i do scrogging uh, screen of green i won't do it in veg and then flip the flower i've seen a lot of people who have one room that they've weaved through and it's beautiful canopy and then they flip the flower i move my plants into a tent and then i weave them through so i'm doing some training and manipulation in flower now do you guys do any sort of screen methods anything like that yeah I've, i mean i've done um trellis net uh, across the um across the footprint before and, and weave my way in there um, i usually like to do I just use like 18 to 20 inches from the pot from the pot up 18 20 inches then that's the first netting first layer of netting from there um, now, yeah, there's been plants where, you know, veg stage is when I'm adding it. Um, there's been times where I add the net and immediately flip to flower that night. Um, and then for the, the stretch period, right, the 14 days, 21 days that the plant continues to grow upwards, it has that chance to continue to weave through the netting and I can tuck down for the first week or so and I'll just let it grow straight up for the last you know, 14 days of stretch or whatever, and then it grows buds from there. But yeah, there's there's different ways to go about it as far as when to add the net, when to when to stop weaving things through. Because if you're weaving things through and continuing to bend down all the way up to like day 14, day 18, well then it stops stretching at day 21-ish, r- roughly, right? Depending on the cultivar. Well then you're not going to have much upward growth and everything's just going to kind of, I've done it yeah, before. Hang out, same where here. it's just all these buds just barely uh coming up over the actual net and i don't know i don't prefer that but um yeah i I do like to have my net in place before flipping to flower yes and i've never done a screen of green myself uh i do have you i'm not not sure if you guys have seen the tip pot oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, i dig yeah that's the closest thing shout out to them yeah they've been around my channel for a while and uh it's just one of those it's one of those things that i've really enjoyed to use but anyways um, I, I do believe in training in flower and kind of like you said it, you've got 21 days to deal with, you know, in terms of how that stretch that's going to happen. And I, I don't use a screen, a green or a screen or a net of any sort. But what I do recommend is it's kind of that, that rule of thumb of third week training in flower. It's that's that 21, that's that 21st day. And that's typically, now, I'm using these numbers as if you can, like, oh, shit. Okay, Pigeon said day 21. I've got it. No, 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 no. These are going to depend upon yeah, – I don't use the word cultivar, but it's going to be Strange. dependent upon your cultivar <laughs> or your strain. Um, I, I do believe in defoaling as well up until that point. Uh, a week three train and flower. Like, it's what it's just what I call it, a week three train. It's just that's when the time stops. And, and then I kind of refer to it as no touchy-touchy after that because up until this point you are so hands-on with the plant that now now you just back the fuck up and just let her do her thing because everything you have done is now putting itself to work and 
yeah, I, I do believe in training and flower. A lot of people say no, but you, I, there's a time that stretch. You need to maintain that stretch. And I can't count how many harvests I've had where it's like I put in the just the most beautiful bush, oh, get it into the flower room, and then within the she's she's just Bertha. She's everywhere. She's yeah. sagging to the left. She's sagging to the right. She's burning in the light. I'm like, oh my god, you were beautiful. What happened? I didn't contain that stretch. I didn't maintain it. And uh, so, yeah, I, I do believe in taking care well, of that. When it comes to um, lollipopping and defoliation around the stretching period, around flipping the flower and stuff like that, I I really prefer to let my plant grow all the way up until I'm ready to flip the flower and I'm doing the training, low stress training, topping, so on and so forth. But when it comes to lollipopping and defoliation, I try not to remove any leaves at all as much as possible. Uh, Ideally, I would get all the way up until day 21 and stretch and only do one lollipopping and one defoliation. Now, there are going to be cultivars where it's just too bushy. It's much more beneficial in order to um, do the pruning and lollipopping like before you flip the flower, evaluating around day 7, evaluating around day 14, or evaluating around day 21, and then continuing to pluck off. Um, but if I can get all the way up until day 21 without removing any leaves... Yeah, I saved myself some work, um, and yeah, that would be great. But normally for, for most of my cultivars, I'm talking about like 80% plus, I'm doing lollipop and defoliation right before I flip the flower, and then I'm also doing it on day 21. Um, now, sometimes I'll do it on day 7 and, four, and 14 of flower, but if I can avoid it, I do, you know, because I, I don't want to slow down the growth as much. And, and those leaves are solar panels, right? Those are what's bringing in the energy, and um so yeah, I think like I said, I think, you can tuck it, tuck it. Right? We're using tucking. I, yep. I use that a using, lot. I use that a lot. We're using yeah. the word defol very loosely here. Um, it, it, there's a in veg. Like you're right. A, a defol. You don't. I don't. I don't really defol. You know, you, re, you you remove anything that might be you know say hazardous to its growth. You know, something that's like sagging in the soil or touching when you water, and it's it's just it's a pain in the ass. I don't believe in a you know a leaf that's sitting on top of another. You, you tuck that. You don't get rid of it. You just tuck those ones. So yeah, using the word defol really really loosely here, but majority of it is a, a prune. But I do I do do heavy heavy training typically all the way through veg so like within the first three nodes i've got that girl bent over and i am keeping what i want and getting getting rid of what of what i don't um i want minimal in terms of like um, vegetation for uh bugs but you're right these are solar panels and i've seen people that have like stems and tops you know, there's there's no leaves at all. You know, and I'm curious how those survive. But you know, it's it, yeah. See that I, a few I, times where I'm like, what the fuck happened, man? Did you get you got pests? They're like, no, just default. Like, oh, <laughs> holy shit, just deplant. Right, that is insane, man. And I, I guess to each his own. You know, and sometimes that's a thing too. So I will do. Uh, it's not even plant training at that point, but I will do a defoliation at like week seven or eight in flower, like when my plant's finishing off. And it's pretty much done. And and most of the yellowing, decaying leaves that aren't pretty looking and cool for, you know, B-roll. The photo. They're yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, because I'm going to be trimming you soon. You've gotten everything and out I that you needed and it's it. finishing off. So, girl, you're getting a haircut. You get your hair mm -hmm. did. Like mm -hmm. Pete. Mm -hmm. Feeling hot. Chopping the sides. You know what I'm saying? Feel and good. I think that's really, again, personal preference. I'm a one-man show when it comes to trimming. I don't have the team. Thank God I got the trim daddy. 
Big shout out to them. Not sponsored. Hey, should be. Should have had that on here. But yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a preference, honestly. That's not really training the plant per se, but that's the only other time I'll really defoliate. I'll really remove a mass amount of leaves. But anytime I can tuck them, I do that. That's another reason why I've tried to do the low stress training over the topping is because I'm getting more of that plant bent. And all that bottom area that I just remove is usually pretty good now. But the problem is, is I have a lack of areas for to take good clones from. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, well, shit, that's a viable place now. I don't really want to cut you. But sometimes you got to sacrifice it, you know, to keep them. R- rarely I'll do a defoliation around day 45 of flower, right? That's usually a few weeks, bef- like an eight-week strain. That's usually a few weeks before. Do a defoliation if I feel like I need to get in there. Um, so some of the light can get down to those lower bud sites, help, uh, you know, ripen those those trichomes, right? Light light um, degrades trichomes. I'll use that loosely. But that's uh, one thing that, you know, uh, contributes to the turning of the color of the trichomes, right? So I'm um, getting that light deep down in there um, can help with ripening, right? And, and some people do partial harvests where they just harvest the top colas, then let their bottom colas ripen and so on and so forth. But very rarely I'll do a defoliation around day 45 um, towards the end of flowering. So those final weeks, um, you know, it potentially ripens those, those bottom colas a little bit more. I think that and that kind of that kind of points on like the point of training or manipulating your plant. You're doing it to work for you. You know what I mean? Like a, whether you're doing it weak flower to ease your harvest, whether you're doing it week, you know, 45 or, or, or week 45, day 45 to, you know, as you as you mentioned, Chris, or whether you're doing it a week three to maintain your bugs. You know, you're, you're, you're doing this to manipulate this plant to work for you whether it's to increase harvest, whether it's to keep your garden clean, whether it's to just ease of use, you know, it's just the reality is, is that this plant is so incredibly resilient and we, and we over stress or we over analyze our impact on it thinking, Oh my God, we've killed it. How many times you guys split a stem and you're like, Oh my God. And you're like, this is the end of the world. But little did you know that it had zero impact on the growth of that plant uh, visually, you know, um, the, these things are incredibly resilient. You can pretty much throw everything but the kitchen sink at it, and it's going to come back twice as strong as when it, it came in. And I, I think if you want to get the most out of your plants, do a little training. Do a little training. If you are new, I, I do think take it slow. Take it slow. Get get the fundamentals underneath yourself before you start manipulating something that you don't know very much about. I think it was a good point for you to mention that at the top of the show, Chris. Yeah, and we all got videos covering that. Peace videos will be back soon, if they're not already back, depending on when you're watching this. Should have them over on WatchCLTV.com real soon. Otherwise, the backup channel, I just saw some videos there. And there's that dickhead Scott who's got your videos out there as well. So, <laughs> but, Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw. He's been around for years, man. Yeah, hey, almost, I guess, you know. It's almost like a, it's almost like a toast, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, the pigeons. Yeah, man, I think that really summarized a lot of the training. Uh, If there's anybody else who's got any comments to drop on that, things that we missed or forgot maybe to smash that fucking like button. I don't know why I always got to remind y'all, but if you like these videos on YouTube, if you like listening to these, obviously follow here, watching, smash it, subscribe. And I think, uh, yeah, boys. Yeah, and also if you're on Apple Podcasts, we're looking for ratings and reviews as well, right? So Apple Podcasts, I don't think there's that many on From the Stash. So if you guys are listening on there, please that stuff helps out tremendously. A lot. Uh, rating, uh, review. I think on iTunes you can actually leave feedback. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to help uh, tremendously because we are on all the podcast platforms, just about all the podcast platforms as mm-hmm. well. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, that's super and helpful. We wanna, 
we want to hear from you. Let us know. What are your favorite training methods? You know, do you find it beneficial? Do you agree? Do you disagree with our techniques? We, we want to know, of course. And don't forget, you can always follow us on twitch.tv slash from the stash podcast where we go live every Thursday. Absolutely. I think that, uh, that summarizes it, boys. For Rob from COTV, Pigeon420, and your boy, Mr. Grower, a.k.a. Chris is what I call him. Hey. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Peace.